you build the trust through care and understanding, you can slow down the conversation. You can really hear those key words and ask clarifying questions. And you can get more of a relaxed, sit down, you know, uh, put your arms back, being really open to whatever the, whatever the prospect has to reveal to you. This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I have Patrick Ryan with us, and he's going to be teaching us how to increase sales by speaking to your prospect's subconscious mind. So really excited for this one. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Well, thanks, Steve. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Um, well, Patrick Ryan is the CEO and president of Eureka Performance Training and is a certified sales coach with Leverage Sales Coaching. Patrick is the innovator of the solutions to the top four sins of a salesperson. So really, uh, I'm excited to hear hear all your uh here, here are the things you teach, Patrick. What? Tell me, how did you get started coaching? Gosh, um, you know, I coached Little League for 12 years. Um, when I was in, let's just say, my late 20s and 30s, other salespeople would come to me before they came to the sales manager. And I always thought, and I always was concerned, but, you know, why don't you just ask the sales manager? And some people would actually say, well, I actually did ask the sales manager and he didn't have the answer for me. Okay. So uh, I knew that I had that uh, quality. I don't know if it's a leadership quality or just having some knowledge. And, uh, and I, love to, I love to teach people. I love to provide them those aha moments. So oftentimes I'll ask them the questions and try to extract it out of them so that they can go, oh, that's a great idea. Got it. Okay. So uh, how did I get started? Um, one of my very good friends, golfing buddy, um, is a sales coach. He's been a sales coach for close to 20 years. And about eight, nine years ago, he came to me one day, we happened to be golfing. And he said, you know, if I ever, ever brought on other sales coaches, I'd want to bring on you. And I was uh, actually shocked and surprised and delighted. And of course, uh, felt it was wonderful for him to even consider me because he's, he's very good at what he does. And and so anyway, um, I did get a chance to jump in with Leverage Sales Coach, gosh, middle of 2013, and learn their uh, proprietary ways. Um, they, they operate under a gentleman named Jack Daly, who's out on the speaking tour, who's given those lectures and training sales managers as well as salespeople. And, but Jack doesn't do any, any coaching. So uh, Leverage Sales Coach brought me on as one of their coaches and flying all over the country teaching sales programs to various different industries all over the United States. So that was seven and a half, almost eight years ago. And I started Eureka Performance shortly thereafter, realizing that not all of their philosophies on sales coaching were my philosophies. So I started developing my own programs and eventually broke off from Leverage about a little over three years ago. And uh, what would you say some common mistakes that you see reps make in their conversations with their prospects? That's a great question, Steve. As, as you know, I have, I've identified what I call the four sins of a salesperson. <clears throat> Those sins are very simple, but to identify or just talk about them or just throw them out there, it doesn't really explain it. But 
the four sins, the top four sins of a salesperson is one, they don't prepare enough. And then two, they oftentimes will make assumptions when they hear a buying sign or a buying signal from the prospect. And when they make those buying assumptions uh, or selling assumptions, they start talking about their product too soon, which is number three. Then lastly, which this seems to be the sin that most salespeople across the board make is they don't either don't follow up or don't follow up in a timely manner or don't have a process or a system to follow up that's effective. Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense, and those are those are some key some key mistakes, right? Oh and, yeah. And and you you identified the four sins of the salesperson and how they simply don't build the relationship prior to asking for the business or selling too soon, right? How how do you tell me more about how you solve these sales challenges? That's a great question, Steve. Um, first of all, and this was something that came out of Jack Daly's training, and in fact, he may not have, uh, have um, innovated this, but it's something called pre-conversation preparation. There's four very simple steps to it. It's history. Okay, so what do we know about the client? What do we know about the business? What do we know about their products? What do we know about their customers? What do we know? Just looking online, we can learn a lot about one particular company if it's a target that you're going to go after. So I find that salespeople didn't prepare very well for that next conversation for or with their client or with a prospect. And so the pre-call preparation, again, four separate, um, four separate sections. What do we know or what is the history? What do we need to know? And you can write that out. And what do we need to know about a customer or a potential customer of ours or client of ours in order to do business with them? That's pretty simple. The fourth step is identifying those need to know questions because every need to know is a question. What do we need to know about them? We need to know if they have the budget. We need, if they, if we need to know about their customers and how they service their customers. We need to know how they communicate, whatever that is. So what are the top questions? What are the top one, two, at the most three questions in that what we need to know? Uh, and then the fourth step, very simple, is what's the purpose of this particular meeting? Is it just a discovery meeting to get to know them? They get to know us, find out if it's a good fit? Or is this a deep dive where we're going to do a presentation and we're going to extract information out of them and present to them our product or services right there? So in addition to that, the, the four sins of the salesperson not being prepared. So that's what covers not being prepared. Now, the next one's probably the most difficult one. As you mentioned earlier, I'm going to talk about how to speak to the customers or, your, or to your prospect's subconscious mind. And there's a significant reason for that. But let's get to that for in just a minute. The second sin of the salesperson is making assumptions. It's very, what's the right word? It's, it's a very deep hidden trait in our subconscious mind that we, when we hear something, gosh, Patrick, we could really use this. Gosh, Steve, I think we could use that product. Gosh, Steve, I think our salespeople would benefit from being able to use your Badger Map product. Okay, great. Don't start selling. You make the assumption that they want it right now. And so before we can really dig into the deep dive and understand what their real needs are or why they feel they need this product or how they would use it, or how they would benefit from it or how much money they'd save or how much time they'd save, 
don't start selling. So that's the third step, the selling too soon. And then the follow-up methodology, I've, I've developed a five-step follow-up methodology um, that works considerably more than just your average, hey, Steve, uh, we lost you last week. Uh, you missed yesterday's meetings. Uh, do you want to reschedule? Uh, I've got, got some great information for you. Yeah, who hasn't heard that, right? So we can talk about each of those steps and get a little bit deeper into it. Yeah, absolutely. What well, you know, what would be helpful, I think, is just to take us through those those steps. Like you, you, you've mentioned some of them, but just go go specifically through what are the what are these four steps and and kind of sure. uh, and and how can salespeople avoid them? Yes. Uh, so um, before I dive right into that, let me let me also explain the reason behind the concept of controlling the conversation and also. Uh, <clears throat> controlling the conversation and also building the relationship with your prospect. Mm -hmm. Most business to business sales take more than one meeting to close the deal. Is that true? Absolutely. Then the more complex they are, the more, the more meetings they can take. <laughs> That's right. Five, six, sometimes 15 meetings before you close the deal. Sure. One of the things I was finding when I was going out with salespeople early in my sales coaching career was a lot of them would come back to the office and they'd say, Steve, you know, if we could lower our margins, we could get the deal. I can't tell you how infuriating that makes the president or the vice president of sales. They've already lowered the margins. They've got them down to where they're squeaking, right? And you're telling me I need to squeeze them a little bit more. So they weren't making, they weren't doing a very good job of building the relationship and really discovering what was going on in the mind of that prospect. What's their situation truly like? Is productivity really down? Do they really need this widget to fit into their product that they're, that they're constructing? So what happened, Steve, is that I realized I needed to build a system that could control the conversation, that could build the relationship very quickly, but also solve those four problems, those four sins of the salesperson. So quite frankly, I had the first one, I didn't, I didn't, I shouldn't say I had it figured out, but I was trained on doing pre-conversation preparation. That was easy. I've given, I've given you that. Let's get, let's find out the history. What do we know about the client? What, what do we want to know, which is the future? What are the things we need to know in the future? What's the best questions to ask? And then what is a, <clears throat> what is the purpose of this particular conversation? Okay, well now we arrive at the prospect's office or we get on a Zoom call, right? Okay, now how do we control the conversation? How do we make, it, make the prospect feel like they're the ones that are in control? How do we get the prospect to learn to trust us so that we can outposition the competition without having to lower our price? That seems like the magic secret sauce, right? That, that's the formula for sales, pretty simple. So what I, what I developed was a program that I now coined the term is called the conversation flow. Okay, I've, I've, and I've heard of that. Could you describe the, the conversation flow program? Absolutely, it's gonna take a few minutes. So if I get tired of talking, I may have to drink a little bit of water. That's all right, <laughs> that's, that's right. encouraged. <laughs> yeah, so we, we come into the we come into the, the to the prospects office, sit down at their conference room, 
we've done our pre-call prep. We know which two, maybe three questions to ask. And one of the first things we want to do is we want to lower the subconscious. We want to, we, the subconscious has this protective nature, right? How many times have you heard, hey, how do we get the wall between the salesperson and the prospect? How do we get it to crumble and fall? Well, that wall is the protective nature of, the, of anybody, any human's subconscious mind. It does not want to be embarrassed. It does not want to be ridiculed. It does not want to reveal too much to this perfectly good stranger sitting across the table from me that I have no trust in at this point. So here's what we need to do. We need to do what, uh, <clears throat> and I guess I can mention his name, Don Zirovitz at ProClean back in um, Orlando, Florida. Great guy. He's got a great business. He does building maintenance. Don coined the term setting the table. He says, what we really want to do is we want to set the table for the prospect. And there's three steps to that. It's a very simple step. Tell the prospect, Steve, the purpose of our meeting is just to get to know each other, learn a little bit about your responsibilities here at XYZ uh, Company or at Badger Maps in this case. And also so that you can learn a little bit about us and what we can bring to the table for you and perhaps save you time, money, or both. So there's the purpose. This will take about 15 minutes. Is it okay if I ask you some questions about that? So the three topics, very simple. Tell them the time frame, tell them the purpose of our meeting, and tell them or ask them, ask their subconscious permission to ask questions. What happens is the subconscious mind that's totally closed off just cracks open a little bit. Okay. So let's talk about the subconscious before I get to the next two steps so that we can understand why these steps work so well, especially in a brand new relationship. Some of the other traits of a subconscious mind is, <clears throat> is housed the emotions of the human being, the values, the beliefs, the intuition, and the imagination. Now, anybody will tell you, in fact, Einstein once said, is knowledge is worthless in the absence of imagination. If we as salespeople cannot get our prospect to imagine what it's like to do business with us, this is where the storytelling comes in, right? So if they can't imagine what it's like to do business with us, they're gonna have a hard time making that decision, okay? Before we get too far, they also use their emotions and their gut feeling, that intuition to make decisions. But here's what most salespeople are doing. They're coming in, they're asking some questions, they're hearing a word that says, gosh, we could really use your product, Steve. I think this could save us some time. Well, then the salesperson starts talking about their product. And what are they, what, and they, they're a good salesperson. They, they tell about the great features of our product. Here, it, it's this, it's this size, it's, it can handle this kind of, wattage it can do all these great things and what what that benefits you is x y and z you get all those benefits and on top of that we've got it on sale this week okay so what have we just done we talked to we talked to the the things that make sense the critical and the logical reasons to buy my product over my competitor simple yes absolutely well, unfortunately, the critical thinking and the logical thinking of our mind is housed in the conscious mind. So think about, we've got the conscious mind housing critical thinking and logical thinking. They're, they want to make sure it makes sense to do this deal. 
but there's no relationship value there. There's no values, beliefs, intuition, no, no emotion that's found in the conscious mind. And what's even more fun about this, Steve, because I love what I do and I love teaching this program, is that the subconscious mind, professionals agree that the subconscious mind is between 50,000 and 500,000 times more powerful than the conscious mind. They also agree that everything we do every day from getting into your car, driving is one of the big things. Once you do that, once you drive and you do this over and over and over again, it becomes a subconscious movement, subconscious nature, playing golf, playing sports, playing ping pong, how you get out of bed, how you put your pants on in the morning, how you comb your hair is all done through subconscious movements and subconscious behavior. So we have to recognize that when we talk to our prospect and we start talking logically and, and, and critically, so features and benefits conversation, their subconscious mind is never going to build that relationship with you. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're creatures of, uh, of habit and, uh, and I, and I think people really underestimate the power of the, of the subconscious in our decision-making process. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's what us humans rely on most. And even the most analytical person would disagree with me on that, but there's all kinds of information out there that you can look up on the internet to know that, that emotions and intuition and imagination and beliefs play a huge role in business to business decisions. So now that we know that subconscious mind has got all these great things in it, the emotions, the beliefs, the values, the intuition, the imagination, that's who we want to talk to. We want to speak their language, but how do we do that? How do you know when you're talking to somebody subconscious? Well, right now, if I hadn't talked about this program from, let's see, I started developing this in 2000, late 2014 and 15. So it's been about six years that I've been talking about this. Without me talking about it over and over and over again and thinking about it, I wouldn't be able to talk about it very well. I'd have to have notes. I would have to have props up. I would have to, like a, the president, you know, have his, what are they called, teleprompters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's the same thing. It's my subconscious mind that's just riddling this out. So I hope I don't confuse anybody. So let's let's talk about the steps in this in the conversation flow that help us as salespeople build the trust instead of focusing on the features and benefits of our product. And also to make sure we don't sell too soon by making assumptions that they want to buy right now. Because we need to get deep. We really need to understand what's their situation. So we've come in, we've said, Steve, the purpose of our meeting today is to get to know each other, see if we're gonna do business together. It'll take about 15 minutes or so. Is it okay if I ask you a few questions? In the years I've been training salespeople, nobody's ever said no. Sure. They always say yes, it's just the polite thing to do. Mm-hmm. So remember, we've just split that, split that subconscious mind open just a crack. Now that protective nature of the subconscious is not gonna let it go wide open right away until they really feel they can trust you. Especially when we talk about our work and our responsibilities, we wanna make sure we're not embarrassed because you know what, everybody screws up at their job, but this stranger sitting across the, across the table from me, I'm not gonna tell him that. So we ask a great question. We lead with that top question that we've learned from our pre-call preparation. Now the prospect responds. Let's take an example. 
So Steve, tell me a little bit about your responsibility at Badger Maps. You might just say something like, well, in fact, tell me, what would you say? Um, well, I, I'm the CEO, so I, I spend a lot of time working with employees, talking with customers, um, you know, trying to build the company, uh, you know, all the different facets and par parts of it from marketing to the product to sales to how it's financed. I, I kind of get involved in a whole bunch of different areas of the company. Okay, that's awesome. <clears throat> now, the key statement I heard in there is that you're really wearing many, many hats. Mm hmm. Okay. And also, you've noticed you really didn't tell me much about what you're really going through. You just kind of gave me a general overview. What I'd like to do, really, Steve, once I've asked permission to ask questions and I say, what's your responsibilities? You give me all of this. And then what I would do is go back and, and zero in on one thing. And I might zero in on sales. So are, are you telling me, Steve, that you are the top sales guy for your business? No, I wouldn't say that, um, but I, I support the sales team wherever wherever I can. Okay, awesome. Well, what I'd like to do is, is describe to you what I, how the conversation flow works on these next critical step two and step three. Step two, we ask the, the right question. Step three is where we listen, and we listen just to the key words and key phrases that you mentioned in the answer. So your answer kind of gave me an overview of everything. And because your subconscious mind has some level of trust with me, you're just kind of giving me, hey, this is what I'm in charge of. I might say something to the tune of, well, well Steve, in today's world, what challenges you the most in running your business? Um, and I would answer the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pretend that the coronavirus doesn't exist. Or in fact, I'd love to think that the coronavirus didn't coronavirus doesn't exist. So let's just get back to your business. What's the most challenging thing in, in, in running your business? Um, I guess probably the speed at which we can develop new uh, products and capabilities for our users. Great. So the speed that it takes to bring new products to the market for your users. Okay. So there I heard speed. That's a word that really stands out to me in that sentence that you said also for your users. My next question will be based on speed and users. It would be something like this. Well, Steve, do you lose revenue because of the fact that you're a little slow to market with some of the innovations that you're bringing to your product for your end users? Yes, of course. So the, if we could service our, if we could build more things for our users faster, we would be able to uh, bring more value to them and they would, uh, and, and more people would, would purchase our product if they saw more value to it. Okay. All right. That's awesome. Now notice how you gave me a little bit deeper understanding, more value for your product. If we could come to come to the marketplace faster. But my point being is that this is a critical step. It's step three is listening to your keywords like speed and critical to our customers and asking questions about those keywords. Now, here's what's gonna happen. You sit down with somebody, you ask permission to ask questions. They say, sure, Patrick, go ahead and ask me anything you like, great. I ask them what are the responsibilities. A lot of them are like, well, I'm the IT director. Okay. <laughs> 
if they don't give you a lot. Some other, they may just go on and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Now, let me ask you, Steve, you're, you've been in sales, you know what sales is like. What do you think is the better, what do you think from a salesperson's perspective is a better, is, is a better target for them? Somebody who just says, I'm responsible for the whole network or somebody who goes on for five minutes and tells a whole story? It's better if they are open with their whole story. And, and it's okay if, I, if you have to tease it out of them, you know, with, with a series of questions. But if, uh, if they're very closed, it's, it's, uh, it's harder to understand their problems and therefore harder to map your solution to their problems. Yes, yes. Well, what I've found is that with the conversation flow, it actually works better when you have somebody who's being more hidden, more reserved. And how often do we see that? Probably seven or eight times out of 10. And the reason being is that now we get an opportunity. If they say I'm in charge of the entire network, their subconscious just said the entire network. Great, Steve, tell me what challenges you most with your entire network, running the entire network. Not sleeping at night, getting that midnight phone call, um, relying on employees, um, running late on projects. It could be just about anything. True. Mm -hmm. And so now they're starting to give us some information that we can start asking clarifying questions with. So again, ask one question, listen to their answer, ask a clarifying question that's based on their answer. And in fact, if you can use the, use the key words or the key phrase in what they said in their response in your next question. Couple of things happen with the subconscious mind when you do that. Okay, one of the one of the great perils of us, one of the great sufferings, I should say, of us humans, is that we want to be heard. Think about children when they're young, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. They're always talking to mom and dad. Why? They want to be heard. Us humans, when we're older, there's no difference. We still want to be heard. And when we're heard and we can confirm what we've heard by asking a clarifying question using the exact phrase that that subconscious mind opened up a window to, then the subconscious mind opens a little bit further until it's wide open and it tells you what's really going on in the back scenes of our network or in our sales department, whatever that may be. It's the key to start building the trust and the relationship. And what I found, Steve, because this is what I designed it originally was to overcome those four sins, but also build the trust so we can get rid of price as an objection. What I learned from doing neuro-linguistic programming is that our subconscious mind really wants to tell the whole story, wants to tell you our situation because maybe you can help me, but it won't do it until trust is built. Now, if you went to my website, I wrote a, I think it was back in October, maybe November, I wrote a blog about selling to the subconscious mind. And I went on and I found this list of about seven or eight, maybe nine traits or nine things that have to happen in order to build trust in a relationship. Well, there was two things that were missing. And the two things that are missing is exactly what the conversation flow does with that prospect to build trust. One is it 
is it shows by by hearing what the prospect said and and using those keywords or that key phrase in the next question, it confirms to the subconscious mind that you heard them. And it confirms to the subconscious mind that you really want to take the time to understand their situation. It confirms with the subconscious mind that you care enough and that you want to understand what they're going through. And it does it subtly, very subtly, because you're just using their answers and the keywords and phrases in their answer just to ask another clarifying question. You want to continue this process until you absolve that first topic. If I'm going to ask you about your responsibilities here at Badger Maps, you're going to tell me, well, yeah, I wear the CEO hat. I, I direct the sales team. I do this. I do that. Okay, great. That's awesome. What's your biggest challenge? Well, the biggest challenge is getting, getting my product uh, more innovative to satisfy my clients and getting it to the market in a timely fashion. Okay, great. Well, tell me what's the biggest challenge with that. If I keep going and digging, you're going to just keep opening and opening and opening until you tell me really what's going on. Now you have an opportunity to really start thinking about how you can solve your client's problems. Here's the next step. Now I learned this from couples counseling. So I put, I put this whole conversation flow together with about seven different pieces that all match and make sure that we can build that relationship very quickly and out position the incumbent or basically out position your competitors. So the next step, once we've learned about really what's going on with our client or our prospect, and they've, they've revealed the entire truth, now we get a net chance to do two things which will solidify the relationship. One is we wanna make sure that the subconscious mind understands that we understood what they said. And we do that by repeating back what we've heard. Well, Steve, I understood you said this and that your biggest challenge is that, and that the only way you think you can overcome it is by doing this. And gosh, Steve, is, is that right? Did I, did, I, did I catch everything? Did I miss something? Or am I, am I miss, misspeaking? Make sure you confirm it with them. Their subconscious mind wants to be heard. Just say, is this what's going on? And they'll go, yeah, gosh, Patrick, you really understand what I'm going through. You get to that and you're 90% home with the sale and you haven't presented the product, by the way, you've not shown them anything. You've not talked about it. Yeah. You know, it allows you to really connect with people, right? If they feel like you're listening to them, like feel that they're being heard, it allows you to connect with them personally. Um, that's, that's, and I, I do totally agree. That helps you really differentiate yourself from your competitors as well. It really does. It's a game changer and it's amazing how well it works out in the field. When we first started, when I first started doing this, um, it was it was a little bit difficult for some some salespeople to understand. Um, but the big thing is is, and I tell I tell everyone I train on this, that it's very rare. It's a very rare occasion where your conversation with this human being, this earthling, that could take it any direction. You never know, up, down, over, sideways, up a tree, down a rat hole that it goes perfectly. However, th these are the train tracks that you can run on where you know when you get dumped off that train track and you're over here in the weeds and in the bushes because they came up with something entirely different, you know right, right back 
you know where to jump back on right away. It's very simple. So I've explained to you now, I've explained to you what I've heard. And you say, yes, Patrick, that's exactly what's going on. Wow, you really get me. You understand me. You took the time and you care enough to understand what I'm going through. Well, I do. I do, Steve. Now, in not in all cases will you be revealing pain. You may reveal just a desire or you might reveal a strong need. And in some cases, you're going to reveal a pain, something that they're really suffering from. In any of those cases, you can then empathize with your target. You can say, Steve, gosh, you know, if if I was going through that same, those same issues you are, I would feel X. I would feel Y. Or I'd feel frustrated. Now, women salespeople are much better at this question because they'll use the, what I call the F word. They'll actually say, Steve, how do you feel? How does that make you feel? Us men, we're a, bit, we're a bit, little bit less feeling oriented, you might say. So we have a hard time with the F word. But women will outposition male salespeople considerably by using the feel word. How does that make you feel? Now you really want to understand me. Wow, you want to know how I'm feeling about this. So years ago, I was coaching a company that was a, um, a website building company. They built websites in the retail industry to connect the manufacturers and the retailers out and the retailers that are out on the streets to make sure they had product and, and um, colors and materials to build the product and send and ship it to the retailer so they can ship it to the consumer. One gal, I'll, I'll say her name was Jessie. She loved the conversation flow. And she was going to Vegas and she had 13 meetings with potential clients in Vegas. And each meeting could only be 15 minutes long. So you can imagine how quickly she had to go through the conversation flow. She eventually had a meeting with the vice president of marketing for this $2 billion company. And I'm not gonna reveal any names or anything because I don't have their permission on this conversation, but is a $2 billion company. The marketing director of marketing or the VP of marketing that she had the meeting with, when she asked permission to ask questions, she said, she said to Jesse, Jesse, you can ask me anything you like. Okay, great. So Jesse started off with you know, the marketing and how it ties in with her website. And she obviously had some challenges and she went through the conversation flow perfectly, step-by-step, step, asking those clarifying questions and digging in and finding out. And you know what the target said, said Jesse, it's so embarrassing to me. I feel so embarrassed and inadequate that I can't get this right. And Jesse says, gosh, I'm so sorry you feel that way. So she empathized with her. That solidified the relationship. The last final step in the conversation flow is what I call a pre-closing. Now, we're not going to close anybody because they don't even know what we do or they don't know what our products can do for them. We haven't told them, we haven't given them a solution. We found a problem, but we haven't given them a solution. And what I instructed Jesse to do was something very simple. I said, Jesse, when you, when you get to that point, you can empathize, you just ask the target very simply, well, Steve, if I could resolve X for you and Y for you, and I, I could get your innovative uh, uh, innovations to your product to the market faster, would you do business with me? Sure you would. Before Jesse could get that sentence out of her mouth, the target looked at Jesse and said, Jesse, I've got 40 people on my staff in my marketing department. 
in a couple of weeks, I could gather them together in our large conference room. And would you come in and do a presentation for us? Boom. I think it was a $360,000 website construction or reconstruction that she landed. And what's interesting is when I talked to her after this, um, it was a big, huge show in Vegas. When I talked to her after the conference, she was laughing. And she was laughing so hard when I got her on the phone. I'm like, Jesse, why are you laughing? She goes, Patrick, she goes, the other 12 conversations I, ha I had, I couldn't, I couldn't fit it in. The people weren't, they, they weren't cooperating. I, I couldn't master it. But this one went perfectly. And she says, I've got an appointment for two weeks from now in her office to present what we can do for them. And she knows all the problems. So she just comes in, provides the solutions, boom, it's done, it's a close deal. Fantastic. And what would you say, uh, well, I guess, you know, why don't we enter the sales in 60 seconds portion of the, of the podcast? So quick questions, quick answers. What would you say are your tips for getting to your prospects truth? And could you share an example of a conversation a salesperson would have with a prospect to find out their truth? Well, the truth is going to be revealed when you can build the trust. And my program is designed to build trust through care and understanding. And when you build the, the, when you build the trust through care and understanding, you can slow down the conversation. You can really hear those key words and ask clarifying questions. And you can get more of a relaxed, sit down, you know, uh, put your arms back, being really open to whatever the, whatever the prospect has to reveal to you. But the key is, is really knowing that you're talking to the subconscious mind of the prospect and, and engaging with that subconscious mind with the care and understanding by allowing them to speak, to write down, if you're taking notes, just write down the, clear, the, the key words or key phrases that you hear. You won't need any more than that. Your subconscious mind will remember it that fast when you see those key words. And if they're the type of person that wants to speak and speak and speak, and they give you maybe three paragraphs, 15, 15 different sentences, do what you can, do your best to write down those key words and then go back through them. You could even say, Steve, let me review my notes here because I think I've got a few other questions for you. Is that okay? Yes, keep asking permission. Keep getting that subconscious mind feeling more comfortable. Gosh, Steve, I heard you say this about speed of your innovative products to your customers. What else can you tell me about that? Now that's a wide open question, but I focus it on one thing, one thing that you and your subconscious mind shared with me. Once you go down that, and by the way, probably the big key to this is don't bounce around from topic to topic. If we're gonna talk about speed of innovative products to your customers and getting it there on time, that's what we're gonna focus on. Stay on that target, stay on that subject. Let the let the or allow the prospect to take it down a different road if they decide to take it down a different road but stay on that topic with where they're leading it the subconscious mind will feel so relaxed like they are controlling the conversation where in fact you are or you are <laughs> right because you're just right. asking the questions and you're not bouncing around if you bounce around from one topic to the next to the next to the next the subconscious mind gets confused the unconscious mind jumps in and says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because I just want logical and critical. Just how much is your product? What can it do for us? And if you get to that type, if you get to a point where that's where the conversation goes, guess what? 
you're going to lose. You'll be out. Absolutely. Well, I, I guess let's talk a little more about empathy. How can salespeople use empathy to solidify relationships? Well, first, let's understand empathy and how it relates to human relationships. Now, I'm going to talk about a love relationship, a romantic relationship. There's three stages to a romantic relationship. The first stage is what they call lust, right? Oh, my God, you're so beautiful. Oh, my God, you're so handsome. Oh, I'm so attracted to you. Totally normal. Lust relationship. That, the lust part of the relationship typically lasts between 18 months and 24 months in a romantic relationship. The next stage of the romantic relationship, stage two, is where most relationships end or remain, even for the duration if, they're, if the people stay together. And that is called power struggle. When we're in the power struggle, guess what? There's a lot of fighting going on, a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of not understanding your spouse or vice versa, not being heard, not being understood. And what people tend to do is they tend to attack each other. You did this. You said that. Why did you go there? You said you'd be home. Blah, all that stuff, right? You, you were going to pay the bill, whatever it is. And that's where most relationships, romantic relationships, either die, either die together or get divorced. The third stage of a true romantic or what they call true love is where each party can empathize with the other. Each party understands where they're coming from, where they're at, what happened in their lives to bring them to where they're at today. And then when they start empathizing, true love is finally solidified. So how big, of a, how big is empathy in a business to business relationship? It's paramount. And again, we can't empathize with somebody unless we know what's going on and we know the truth. So using the conversation flow, those first two or three um, stages where we ask just one question, we stay on topic, we listen for, for keywords and ask clarifying questions. Using those keywords, you will get to the truth and you'll have an opportunity to repeat back to them what you heard and opportunity to empathize with them, just like Jesse did. Gosh, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. Can we talk about some more uh, example questions that salespeople can can use to um, build empathy and then and then finally close deals? Um, well, more questions to build empathy. Again, uh, we're going. I, I keep going back to just the clarifying questions. You know, if you bounce from one subject to the next. Uh, or if you get off of the what the subconscious mind has opened windows and doors for you to to I call it jump through the window and use that use that keyword to ask a clarifying question. If you can do that and you do it well, even three or four or five clarifying questions, you're going to arrive at some sort of truth. And when you do, you get a chance to empathize with them. And then you get the chance to actually solve the real problem that they're experiencing. So questions that go along with that, you know, it depends on your industry. It really depends on your industry. And it depends on what, if you're in your second or third or fourth meeting with this particular target, it's going to be based on a lot of those meetings that you had in the past. 
So that's something I don't know that I could answer the very specific question, or, or I don't know if I can give you good questions to ask unless I knew the situation better. Does that make sense? Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Um, okay. Can you name one essential habit or trait that a salesperson can develop that would lead to greater success in sales? I do. Um, I know exactly what that is because <clears throat> in my disc profile, I'm not very good at this. And I got my disc profile first taken when I was in my late twenties and just starting my sales career. So I learned to be very good at it. And, and, and tell people about what a disc profile is real quick. Oh, the disc profile. Um, I'm not very good at describing it. Um, there's basically four different types of behaviors, personality behaviors, traits. There's people that are analytical. There's people that are uh, very influential or what they might call a, um, well, then there's drivers and then there's amiables. And then there's me, which I'm close to a driver, but I am a influencer. It's not influencer and disc. I'm thinking of another one, but anyway. <laughs> It's a personality just like Myers-Briggs. It's like uh, elevations. It's like the survival instincts. There's DISC. Um, there's uh, predictive index. There's dozens and dozens of them out there. I think Myers-Briggs is one of the oldest. I think it's close to 100 years old. It was developed in the 20s or the 30s of last century. Um, so I've, I've typically used DISC because there's only four, uh, four different categories. So it's easy to recognize somebody. But what was I saying about DISC? Um, oh, I know. <clears throat> I was answering your question is what is one trait that they can develop that a salesperson can develop that can separate them from, from their competition? I can tell you that's easy. Listening. You can, add a, you can ask a bad question and still listen to a good answer. You can ask a good question and not hear a bad answer. And that puts you in the category of probably 60 or 70% of salespeople. They're not great listeners. They're, they're impatient. They want to talk about their story. They want to tell the, the prospect all about the product they have. That's what they came there for. Slow down. Stop talking about your product. Stop talking about your service. Listen to your prospect. Ask clarifying questions with everything they say and dig deeper as though you truly do care and you really want to understand. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a, a cool thing about what you've taught us today, I think is that, you know, I think all salespeople understand and have heard a million times that there's nothing more important than listening. But I feel like, uh, you know, one of my takeaways so far is uh, from what you're saying is, is the concept of, uh, honing in on the words and the, the way that your that your prospect or customer connects to an idea and then kind of using those words in your in your conversation back to them and that kind of all it almost indicates to them that that you're listening and helps you connect to them on that deeper way that's exactly it and you know quite frankly steve i was amazed on how fast this worked it took me about six months to put it together and then just doing some testing on it um but it was amazing how quickly it works and building that, building that confidence. The, the targets that this is used on, even if you can just get through the clarifying questions and you don't ever get to empathy, it's amazing how they start opening up to you. And, you know, a lot of, I hear it from a lot of salespeople, you know, we had a great conversation with prospect X last week and now he's not returning my calls. You didn't build a relationship. 
They say, well, how do I do that? Well, let's go back. If you recorded, if you recorded the session, I can listen to it and then give you some tips on how you can improve that or how you could have improved your questioning and listening skills. And as an actionable takeaway, which of the field salespeople listening today do as a first step to getting started on speaking to the prospect's subconscious mind? Great question. So the first steps, well, the, the whole program. <laughs> One of the ways would be to, to read my blog <laughs> because it's a little bit more detailed. Um, but what would be the first steps? I would say listening for keywords. That's probably the most difficult because it's a very natural uh, progression for our subconscious mind. And remember, our subconscious mind is in charge. It's a very natural progression or reaction for a subconscious mind to hear something and then instantly make an assumption and want to share what we know as salespeople. So time out, stop doing that. Just listen to them, ask clarifying questions. Don't make judgment on where the conversation's going because you're leading them. They just think that they're in charge. And tell me, Patrick, where can our listeners read more about your work? How do they reach out to you or get to know you better? Uh, well, anybody can get to my website. It's uh, eurekaperformance.com. And on that website, there is a, um, an opportunity for you to click a button and to get on a 30 or 60 minute call. Also, my email is patrick at eurekaperformance.com. And then you can always text me or call me at 916-956-8928. And I'm working on a book. Uh, it's more of a fable, but it's uh, very much so like our conversation today. It goes into the depth of how I started doing this, why I started doing it, what, what issues it resolves with salespeople and sales teams, and how we can increase your sales results just by following the conversation flow. Well, this has been a fantastic episode of the Outside Sales Talk. If you work in field sales, you'll love Badger Maps, number one route planner available in the market. It helps you sell 20% more, drive 20% less. And we've got free trials at badgermapping.com. Yeah. If anyone can think of any other sales reps that would benefit from learning the skills that Patrick has taught us today, share the love and forward this on to them. Take care until next time, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Steve. Thanks for coming, Patrick.